Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. We got Josh and Dylan on. Um, hope everybody had a great week. And we're gonna go into well, I mean, we talked about it before the before this episode. Probably the only interesting All Star game in Major League Sports. The MLB All Star game was this past Monday and Tuesday. Home run derby being Monday. Juan Soto's. Won that and probably gonna get traded before trade deadlines, you know. So whoever seen, you know, he won something for the Nationals, but who knows where he's gonna be at the end of the season. Uh what'd you guys think of the home run derby? Bill, you wanna go first? Oh, sure. Uh yeah, I thought it was it was pretty good. I liked the uh I like Julio Rodriguez starting off the home run derby with 32 homers and is in the first guy to go up. He kind of set the bar really high. He was the only one that really hit the bar <laughs> after that. I think he's the only one that topped 30. Uh and he did it twice. Uh and he lost, which was kind of I think he just tired himself out. Like he 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 played I mean, he, he hit really well. He was hitting tanks, too. They weren't just falling over but oh, falling over the wall. But Juan Soto won, and like you said, I think he, he did good. It's it's always an advantage, though, for the guy who goes second because they don't have to – they don't they potentially don't have to expend enough en- or m- much energy. Plus, they also know what number they need to get to. Uh, you could also say that it puts a little bit of pressure on them because if someone drops like Julio Rodriguez being the first guy he dropped 32, then you have to come up and you're like, oh, dang it, I need to hit 33 home runs to win this. Uh, so it puts a little pressure on you. But going second overall, I think a lot of the guys who do the derby want to go second because it because if you're in the rounds, if you're in round one or two specifically and someone only hits like 15 homers, you don't have to expend as much energy trying to like set a number or put a number up for the, for the next guy to come. So it gives you a little bit of energy, but overall I thought it was fun. I liked Albert Pujols making it to the, to the semifinals. That was pretty fun. Uh, seeing him beat Kyle Schwarber in the first round. Uh, I wish he would have made it to the second round. He almost did, but that would have been really fun to see Albert Pujols in this stage of his career in the finals. That would have been pretty fun, but overall I think it was a good home run derby. Josh, yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with it being a good home run derby. Um, I don't know. To me, it's hard to have a bad home run derby, but that's just me. Um, I guess my issue, and we were talking about this some beforehand. I'm wondering the benefits versus, you know, the pros versus cons of moving the All Star game, because. You know, I remember when the All-Star game, the winner of the All-Star game had home field advantage for the World Series, but that doesn't happen anymore. And now I'm looking at the All-Star game and Garrett Cole was an All-Star, but he couldn't pitch because he had started on Sunday. And then there are some guys who just won't participate in the home run derby, at least won't participate every year because it's in the middle of the season. They want to jack up their swing. And so at this point in time, I'm wondering... I understand if you move the home run derby to after the world series or move the all-star game till after the world series, maybe some people will be, you know, quote unquote, done with baseball, kind of like they say about the pro bowl, but I don't know if people are going to watch it, they're going to watch it. If they're not going to watch it, they're not going to watch it, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to be a heck of a lot more inclined to turn on the home run derby. If it has Aaron judge, Giancarlo Stanton, 
Juan Soto, Shohei Otani, you know, like that, if you have all of those guys and maybe expand the field, what currently it's eight, maybe expand it to 12 and have the premier power hitters. Because what this year we had the, uh, you know, the MVP of the all-star game, Giancarlo Stanton, who can hit dingers. He's not in it. Uh, Aaron judge is, is close to, you know, breaking Maris's record, but he wasn't in it. Shohei Otani wasn't in it. So, like, it was still a good field. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, let's let's maybe consider moving it to the end of the season. Because if I was Aaron Judge, ain't no way in heck you're getting me in that home run derby. But as a fan, do I want to see Aaron Judge in there? Yeah, yeah. I do. You, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think, like you said, you know, like we were – with the fact that it used to be the all-star game meant who's getting home field advantage during the world series. It played a little different of a part. Um, the only thing I would say is if it's at the end of the year, just like the, you know, the NFL, you know, is at the end of the year, nobody will care about it. Yep. Um. I will say this. I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't pay attention to – I haven't paid attention to All-Star Games lately. But last night when I saw the jerseys for the All-Star Game, I liked those a lot, hmm. both the National and the, you know, the the American Leagues. I love the National Leagues a little bit more, but I don't have a fan. I'm not a fan of the National League team. so Or an American League team. I'm sorry. So it kind of hurt. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that would worry me in the sense of if we if it was moved to the end of the season, one, it's 100, you know, it's after 180 games. Play, well, 100, yeah, but you got to think playoffs, everything. People are going to want to play. But I think, I, I, like we talked about in this before, I think at the at this point the All Star Game itself needs to go away from almost all the all of the major sports and just do skills competitions and slam dunk competitions and stuff like that. Like they, we, you know, All Star Saturday Night's bigger hype and watched than you know the All Star Game in the NBA. The QB the 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 skills competition that the NFL does you know the night before the the, the night as a the Thursday night before the Pro Bowl is watched more than the Pro Bowl. So if you did something where it's just like the All Star, like some kind of like skills competition for MLB, I think that would be better. Well, I mean, that's somewhat what the Home Run Derby is. I feel like. Well, and that's yeah, it and though. But it's just the Home Run Derby. That's all you get. Like it'd be kind of cool if you had some kind of fielding competition. You know, you could throw something else, but where there's no rigors of a game per se. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I just think, like, the starting pitchers, they're not, you know, pitching every, like, they're not pitching a normal game. You know what I mean? They're only doing a, a little, a little bit of it. 
like they're throwing an inning, two innings. So I don't think like it's it shouldn't be killing them to go out there and and do that. I would hope I would hope they could throw for an inning or two. You know what I mean? You're Strasburg, you can't you can't. I mean maybe not. That's true. So yeah, I so I think the I was joking with Chris the other night when the All-Star game was on, which I guess was yesterday. Um and I was saying like, oh, like, oh yeah, I'm missing the All-Star game joking because I was like, ah, I don't care. But the more I thought about it, the, All- the MLB All-Star game is the only All-Star game that you can't really like take off. Like N- NBA, you cannot play defense. You can do whatever. M- NFL is just a touch football uh, joke. The MLB though, like guys aren't going to lob up 40 mile per hour pitches or soft toss or batting practice or whatnot they're throwing they're they're mixing stuff up they're doing different things hitters are trying to hit like you can't really fake it you can't really take anything off so it's actually interesting I don't I would disagree that they need to get rid of it because I think it's actually the only one that is legitimately played the other two the NBA all-star game and the NFL all-star game I could care less what they do with that no one cares uh they're jokes but the only thing, because I agree, Josh, like I think that it would be better to have it at the end of the season. The only thing I I see an issue with is guys who don't make the playoffs who have to then wait the entirety of most of September, some of September and October, and then try to ramp back up to go to do a home run derby or pitchers to ramp back up to pitch in the all-star game. I don't know if they'll be able to do that if their bodies were would do that. So I don't, I don't really know though what there's a good thing. Cause like I would like Aaron judge or Stanton or Vlad Guerrero or other, some of those other guys to be in the home run derby, but it's probably easier for a hitter to get ready after the season being right. down that much, but it's not going to be good for a pitcher. So I don't know what the solution is. I think it's just, yeah, it's just, you're going to catch some big guys, big stars playing in the, in the home run derby. Um, but I think overall they just, it it just affects their swing in a different way than like a three point shooter doing a three point contest or, or different, whatever. So I think it's just a, it's a, it's something that comes with the territory. I don't, I don't really know a, a good solution to it, but I like the idea of moving it to the end, but you run into that. So I don't know if they would ever put it to the end because pitchers can't pitch then or might not be able to pitch. I think that's a good point. Like that, that's something I hadn't considered. Um, and so we'd have to figure out how to, how to get around that. Um, I would just love to see a way for the home run derby to actually have all of the best because I don't know. I just feel like that would be better. I agree. It might be, it might be better if they just force whoever's the top eight home run hitters to be in the home run derby. (laughs) If you're at, yeah, but man, if I'm judge, I'm gonna go up there and just not even try. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna blame him for that, not at all. Yeah, no, I I don't know a solution, but yeah, it would be good to have the big hitters in. I guess it's just you know, like we've always said with all these other All Star games, it's you know we have our opinions, we have our thoughts. You know, hopefully somebody listens to it on this, but who knows. Um, uh we're making a lot of changes with our podcast yes we are um here to change the world but we're gonna switch over to the nba so we were as everybody knows that 
listens to us on a regular basis. We record this on a Wednesday night. And James Harden has signed an extension with the Philadelphia 76ers. He signed two years, $68.6 million. Does that help with what they're trying to do? Do you think it's going to help with the 76ers? Do you think it's he's worth that? I think so. Um, no, I, I think <clears throat> I think it was a great move by the 76ers. I think it was a great move by James Harden. Um, he's still getting a boat ton of, mo- boat ton of money. Uh, boatload. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. Butt ton. Boatload, butt ton. It's um, still a lot of money. Okay. He's still getting a lot of money, two years, $68.6 million. He's not getting the max. Could no. he maybe have gotten the max from somebody? I think possibly. You know, somebody's going to say, hey, if he's actually healthy, if he's actually whatever. You know, so instead of getting $47 million this year, he's taking $34 million. With that money, they got P.J. Tucker. Um, like, man, I think it's a great look from Harden of taking less, giving himself security over the next two years, um, looking like a team player in this while still having the chance to come back, make a lot of money, and hopefully revamp his reputation. Um, maybe get yeah, to where somebody's going to give him max. But also, like, if he wants to win, there's a part of me that says, man, if you want to win, why, why take even that much? But at the same time, got to give him. He left, what, $13 million on the table? to try to help the team out. I, I think it's a great move for both because, you know, realistically, who else was Philly going to get who can play as well as Harden? Harden is not what he once was, but if he's healthy, he's still a, a top. I mean, I would say he's better than Tobias Harris. And, and so to see him come back a full season with Joel Embiid, hopefully being healthy. And then you've got Joel Embiid, You've got Tobias Harris. You've got Tyrese Maxey. You've got James Harden. You've got P.J. Tucker, as well as a bunch of the other guys that they have. Like, that. that's a strong team. Bill, your thoughts? Yeah, I think him, kind of like what Josh said, I think him leaving that money on the table uh, was very helpful. I mean, it landed them P.J. It landed them in a trade. Uh, Anthony Melton. It landed them Daniel House. Uh and they still have – there's still guys on the market that they could potentially go get to fill out. But James Harden leaving that money on the table allowed them to do what – to get back what they lost when they traded Ben Simmons, which was bench depth. Um, they were not a deep team when it came to the end of the season and into the playoffs. Um, when you lose guys like Seth Curry, that's going to hurt you, especially with the style of play that they had where they were – I mean, James Harden's not a, a an efficient shooter – He's not, he's not a 50, 40, 90 kind of guy. Uh, and so you have, and then you have Embiid playing down low. You need guys who can space the floor. Matisse Thibel is a good player, but Matisse Thibel is not a knockdown shooter. You had Tobias Harris, who is a, a good three-point shooter, but you didn't really have many other things. So you get P.J. Tucker, who's a good, uh, amazing corner three-point shooter. You get Daniel House, who can, who can shoot it uh, from deep. De'Anthony Melton, who's a two-way guard. I think that helps them a, a ton. Uh, uh, and then you with with Maxi and and all the other guys that they already have. Um, so I, I'm I think they they nailed it. Uh, and 
it recoups a lot for Harding because the narrative, what's been the narrative around him his whole career? Oh, he doesn't really want to win a championship. He's just in it for the stats. He's just in it for the for money. the money. Yeah. And and he actually took less. He essentially towed, from what I've heard and read and, and whatnot, is he towed, um, who's their GM? Um, whatever. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, yeah. He essentially told Daryl Morey, pay whoever you need to, and I'll take whatever's left. And that's what he did. So I think it's a, I think that's a, a great move and a great gesture. I think that's going to go one aspect. I don't think we think about that's going to go a long way with Philly fans. Yep. Uh, Philly fans are going to love the fact that he, he sacrificed for the, the betterment of the team and to, to help put a team around him. And he also, it also alleviates some of the pressure from him because you can say, look guys, I took less money to try to fill out this team. There's only so much I can do now. If he if they suck because he sucks, well, that's a different story. But if he <laughs> plays well and they don't do well, and the other role players don't play well, he kind of alleviates a little bit of the pressure off of himself. Yeah, I mean, I think like you know he doesn't have to play like a max player. I think some people will still expect well, him to play like a max I'll say player. It's still expected, but he's not technically a max player. He might be the second best third place player on this team Tyrese Maxey with the uh, the ascension he's had he could yep. become the number two player number two option on that team where James Harden is more of a uh, a facilitator which he did in Brooklyn when he first got there it was hey Kyrie go get a bucket Katie go get a bucket I'm just gonna facilitate I'm gonna get the ball to you just be ready to go score and do stuff that might end up being what James Harden does but he looks – I don't know if you've seen pictures of him. I mean, it's the summer. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. But James Harden looks like he's really in shape. Like, he's he's taken to heart, like, get in shape, get ready and stuff. And he looks like he lost some of the gut that he had in the, over the last two seasons. So, hopefully that means he's actually in, in shape and in conditioning, and that will do a lot for them. Well, and I wonder – okay, like – Sometimes I think these guys can't be idiots, right? Harden has to recognize that if he wants to win a championship, he better make it happen soon. And so you can live in denial and change your name to Russ Westbrook, um, but <laughs> live in denial and think you still deserve all of this money and a certain role. And, you know, maybe if like, your agent is trying to get you to take the role that your coach is trying to get you to take. Then you can fire fire your agent because of irreconcilable. Who would do that though? Yeah. I I don't know. You know, maybe somebody, Um, but no, like it seems like Harden is being the anti Westbrook, you know, all that Russ is not willing to do. It seems like Harden might be willing to do. Um, I mean, you saw it some with Brooklyn, when he changed the way he played to accommodate, you know, because everybody was like, oh, he's a ball hog. How's he going to play with Kyrie and Kevin Durant? And then he comes over and becomes the best passer. Oh, my gosh. Like, Harden is a distributor. Amazing. And then, of course, things fell apart. He kind of quit after, you know, Kyrie quit and then KD got hurt. But um, now he's in Philly, and it seems like he kind of understands, like, hey, I'm going to win, better make this happen soon. And the best way to make it happen is to shave a little bit of my money off, give it to somebody else. You know, it, 
I think we need to be careful to not just expect stars to do this, AKA Mike Tannenbaum with Aaron Rodgers, you know, where Tannenbaum keeps saying that Rodgers should have taken less, or at least back when all that contract stuff was going on and keeps bringing up Tom Brady. I don't think anybody's obligated to give up any of the money that they, they earn in the market. Um, and I someone's think willing to pay them. I, I think it's ludicrous what these guys make. Um, yeah, they're just exceedingly overpaid. You know, we look at what teachers make, obviously my wife being a nurse, like look at what nurses, doctors, and then we're paying these athletes millions. So we can, like I admit, they're overpaid. However, they're being paid what the market pays. As long as people are still willing to go and pay 80 bucks to get a ticket to go to the game, like it's the way the market works. I am not going to tell somebody that they shouldn't make as much money as they want. But with making money, sometimes come sacrifices. Yeah, Rodgers, Rodgers could have taken less money and had a better chance to win the championship this year. He chose the money. Good for him. That's his choice. Um, you know, Westbrook's doing that. Hey, when he gets traded or abandoned, that's his choice. Um, but Harden looked at it and seems to have just thought it through and said, you know, I want to win. If I take the max money, which they would have given him, um, you know, if he would have opted in, they would have had to give it to him. That's what I mean. I don't think they would have given him a max extension, but it, he could have opted in at 47 million. But instead he said, Hey, let's take some off. Give me the player option for the second year. So if he goes out and sucks this year, he can still get 33 million next year. Um, but takes a little bit off and puts the Sixers in a much better place to win a championship. Um, I, I think it's just a great move and really smart by Harden, which are not words that I always expect to say, but um, it's just neat to see the difference between Harden and Westbrook right now. Okay. I could see all that. I mean, that's, yeah, I think Westbrook's right now is getting the image of I'm up. For cash and everything, that's it. Um, I will say we we didn't really talk too much about it, but you know Chris isn't here, so I just want to make a little mention that you know he got his wish. DeAndre Ayton is a Phoenix Sun still, and Kevin Durant is not. So uh, with that, we are going to go to break, and when we get back, we are going to talk the AFC north all right we'll be right back all right guys we are back and we are going to talk afc north and if you don't know who that is that's cleveland cincy baltimore and pittsburgh um the team that lost in the super bowl this past year so we didn't get chris's four through one but Josh, I'm going to start with you. Four through one, rank this division. Okay, so one thing is asterisk. I'm putting I'm putting the Browns number four, but that's with the consideration, understanding. I'm expecting Deshaun Watson to be suspended at least half the year. Um, if he's suspended half or more, I think the Browns are in fourth. So I have the Browns in fourth. I've got Baltimore in third, Pittsburgh in second, and Cincinnati number one. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Dylan, you want to go? Yeah, I can. Um, so I have four to one. I have, I, I assume, see, I don't know. I might switch. Yeah. Um, right now, and I, I might reconsider myself in a minute, but right now I have the Steelers at four, Browns at three, Ravens at two, and the Bengals at one. Where are you at, Dad? And you might reconsider, Dylan, when I explain to you why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm waiting for. I want okay. you to tell me how to think. And that's what I'm waiting for. Will do. Always happy to do it. I, yeah, I'm, I, I won't lie. I'm closer <laughs> to... So I have Cleveland at four, and that's because, like like Josh said, I with Watson being probably gone at least six games, maybe eight of this season, there's no way that Jacoby Brissett is going to take the Browns and make them this great team. Um, but where I do differ, where he had Baltimore at three, I got Pittsburgh at three, I got Baltimore at two, and I got Cincy at one. So we're a little all over, but um, I mean, we all kind of, in a sense, except for Dylan, think that Cleveland's going to be four. So we'll start with them. I mean, we all have the same number one team, but everything two through four just kind of differed a little bit. But okay, so because of what you said, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Um, were the Browns right in going after this trade, making this trade for Deshaun Watson, or did they waste a shot with a okay QB? I'm not going to say good, decent, bad. They got rid of a lot of the capital of their future and finances. They've tied up a lot of money to somebody who, who knows when he's going to play, in all honesty. Okay. <clears throat> so, if if Watson did all the things that he was accused of doing, I think they wasted picks because I don't think Watson should play. Mm-hmm. Um, the settling is really difficult because they he could be settling because he's guilty and this gets him out in a better look, or he could be settling because he understands that has to be done for him to ever try to get back on the field, because the way that's going to drag out, we're talking probably years that could be affected by this. So I don't know. And I'm sure that's what the NFL is trying to figure out. I'm sure what that's what this arbitrator is going to try to decide and then suspend him a certain amount. Um, but the way I look at this tie, I don't, I don't hate Baker Mayfield. Right. I kind of like Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield is the Browns' starting quarterback, they're probably still third or fourth in my book. I don't think that they're going to be one or two in the division. Um, like, that's where they were with Baker. Baker's a good quarterback. Right. Sean Watson, setting aside all of his off-the-field issues, as hard as that is right now. Uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson is a stud. Yeah. He's a star. Um, yeah, on the I mean, field, I, I think because on the field, he's, he's a great person. Because 
of the mess that the Houston Texans were. I don't think we understand how good Deshaun Watson is. Like you look at what he did down there, the numbers he put up, um, despite the team falling apart consistently all around him, they didn't protect him. They didn't give him many tart and many weapons. And took, dude uh, still put up MVP caliber numbers. They took away weapons. Yeah, know, exactly. With that, what whatever receiver that's in Arizona that I don't know about. DeAndre Hopkins, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that they're aging receiving they, core. Yeah. They're, they're too old and over the hump. And yeah. I mean, um, he hasn't he just, played. He just knew he's, he was going to get suspended. That's what it was, Ty. Yeah. Um, no. He, he just can't stay on the field healthy, you know, either. If, if Deshaun. Like, I, I have them going last, but I think that's just because of the quality of this division. I think this is a really good division. Um, if he somehow is only suspended four games, could he sneak them into a wild card position and get into the playoffs? I think quite possibly. Um, the, the, the Browns have a good team around him. Um, and so this year or maybe next year with a healthy and not suspended Watson, I think it could be. Um, they gave up a ton, man. They gave up a ton. And yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about that. But at the same time, who, who are you going to sign to come and play quarterback in Cleveland? If you want to have a quarterback, you're going to have to throw some picks. You're going to have to get them in a trade. You're probably not going to get them in free agency. You're going to have to lock them up to a huge money deal. That's what they had to do. Like Cleveland, Cleveland is not Los Angeles. Let's remember, too, he initially said he wasn't going to Cleveland, and then they said, oh, wait, we'll, we'll give you a fully guaranteed contract to come here. And he said, okay, I'll come. Yep. Like, that was that was how he came to Cleveland. Yeah. 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 That, and so, like, they had to. So did, did they overpay? Yeah. Oh. God, but did yes. they have to? Yeah. I've also heard, and then we can go to the next question. I've heard that the Browns are preparing for a suspension in the two to eight game range. If if the, if Deshaun gets suspended for two games, this is a whole different conversation. I yep. think the Browns are the number two or three. I so I did switch. I looked. At, I dove into their schedule. And I put the Browns at four. Um, but if the if he gets suspended for two or four games. He could be – they could be the number two or number three team in this division without a quit, without a doubt yep. in my mind. Oh, yeah. I agree. Okay. I mean, well, that puts me to the next question. You know, there was another trade that the Browns did this year, and that was bringing Amari Cooper from Dallas. If Watson's out for a, you know, a good portion of this year, is that hurting Cooper? Because, I mean, he's it's not like he's a – you know, two to three year stud, you know, coming up, he's, he's what, 27, 28, I think. 28. So is this, a, if, if let's say Watson's out a full, let's say it goes even worse and Watson's out a full season. Did this just waste Amari for a year? Bill? Um, not really. I mean, if, if he's out for a full season, I mean the the bang or the the Cowboys didn't want him, like he yeah, they were, he, I mean, and, and so I think he I think it's not a waste. He's still going to get a lot of targets. He's really the only option there, so he's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of opportunities. So 
I mean, if you count waste as like, okay, you're not going to the playoffs. Well, welcome to most of his career. So he didn't make the playoffs a lot. And, and, and when he played for the Raiders, he made the playoffs one year in Dallas. <laughs> so like, welcome to most of his career, maybe two years in Dallas. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, he might count it as a waste if they don't make the playoffs, but he'll get his targets. He'll probably go over a thousand yards if he's healthy. Like he'll get his numbers regardless, but I, he definitely wants Deshaun to be there. Uh, he definitely wants Deshaun to be throwing in the football. So we'll see what happens, but I don't think it'll be a waste of his career. He's still getting paid like 20 some odd billion dollars to, to, to play, to play wide receiver and to get a thousand yards. So that's true. And all right, Josh, if Watson's out, and, I mean, we've all got them at the number four spot in this division. But Cleveland themselves want them to still, you know, be competitive and they still want to try and take this division, all that kind of stuff. How good does this defense have to be? Well, I think they have to be, I mean, anywhere from really good to great, um, which is one of the reasons why, like, they still have a chance. Because yeah. this defense has a lot of talent on them. I mean, obviously, any defense with Miles Garrett, but then Jadavian Clowney coming back, they do have Chase Winovich, which when he was with New England, he was a decent pass rusher. Owusu-Kor um, Moa, Walker Jr., and Takitaki as the linebackers. Um, you've got decent strength there. And then Ward, Delpit, Johnson, and Newsom in the back. Like, man, it's a strong defense. Like, it's nowhere up there. What was it, two weeks ago when we talked about the Buffalo Bills? Like, it's it's not the Buffalo Bills. But at the same time, this is a strong defense. Um, I put them in top 10. Oh, I think so, definitely. Easy. Yeah. You, you agree with that, Dylan? Top 10? Oh, we don't uh, have we, your sound. We, we don't so. have. Oh, sorry. I turned my mic off. Uh but uh, yeah, are you talking about a top ten defense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think they have the talent. They disappointed last year. Uh, yep. I thought they were going to be a top ten defense last year, but I think they definitely have the the capability this year. I mean, they re-signed Jadavian Clowney. Uh, they they have another year in the or the defense with guys like John Johnson and um, who's the other guy they signed? I forget. Um, but I think they they. They've got a good defense. Uh, I think they have the the what it takes to to win games and to to be a top ten defense. The question is, is are they going to get to that potential? Because last year they had a lot of talent, they had a lot of potential, but they never got there. They they kind of underperformed in a lot of ways. And I mean, Derek, not Derek Henry, uh, Miles Garrett, big dude. Sorry, they they both kind of. They both are. Um, Derrick Henry, that's more of a compliment to Derrick Henry that he could probably be a defensive end and be really good. Still. Uh, But, um, yeah, I think they had a lot of talent and they underperformed. I really like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, his second year in the league. uh, They traded for Chase Winovich, uh, who the guy that I was trying to think of. Uh, So you get Chase Winovich. Uh, Greg Newsom, the second year in the league, uh, he played well last year. Denzel Ward, you're hoping, is healthy. Um, so I think they have a lot of uh, good talent, good guys uh, to, to, to draw from. Perrion Winfrey's a rookie they have this year. 
I think they should be a top 10 unit, but we'll see. And let's not forget, um, you know, they, they, you know, for, I'm going to give Chris a little shout. They did draft K York, you know, the LSU kicker. That's according to Chris going to make them better. Hmm. If he's from LSU, I'm sure. Yeah. So, all right, we are going to move over to let's go. Since I'm hosting, I'm going to go Pittsburgh because it was my number three. Um, And I'm going to ask this to Dylan. What are your expectations for your boy, Mitchell Trubisky, this coming season? Uh, I think Mitch is going to have a, a good year. He's a, a solid quarterback. He didn't get a fair shake in Pitt or in Chicago. Uh, he was a good, he was a really good quarterback in Chicago. Was he an elite top 10 quarterback? No, but he was a top 12 to 14 quarterback, I think. I mean, he was an above average quarterback and he just didn't get a fair shake because Matt Nagy doesn't know how to coach. And so, I, I think him in Pittsburgh is going to be a good thing. The question that I have is, are they going to let Mitch Trubisky have a whole year or are they going to want to get Kenny Pickett on the field for a year, no matter how Trubisky's going? I think Trubisky, I think this should be a more of a legitimate competition where like the winner is like the legit starter. So if like Mitch Trubisky wins the starting job, and he plays well in the season, it should be his job to, like, his job, even right. though they, they spent first-round capital on Kenny Pickett. That's in an ideal world. We don't live in an ideal world when it comes to first-round quarterbacks. And, and when you when you spend a first-round pick on a quarterback, you expect them to play, and you expect them to play soon. Can you get away with, a, with letting them not play a year? Sure. But come year two, come year three, come year four, they need to be playing. Ask Green Bay what they about Jordan Love. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and, and so I think that Mitch, if Mitch plays, I think they they're a really good team. I think it's pretty. I wouldn't say neutral. I I think Mitch is probably a little bit better than Kenny, but it's not much of a difference. So whoever starts for them, I don't really see the the prospects changing a whole lot unless Kenny Pickett becomes like a. A, unless Kenny Pickett's a bust, but we know you know what you're getting from Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's a, a, a above average solid NFL quarterback. All right, Dylan, I got to ask you. <clears throat> so, the Steelers last year were nine seven and one with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, and Ben retired. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster. They they did lose Joe Hayden, but they brought in Mitch and Kenny to pay play quarterback they brought in George Pickens at wide receiver they brought in Miles Jack they brought in Tyson Alualu um how do you have this team third when they actually have a guy who can throw it beyond five yards and one whom you actually really like but coming onto a team that was nine seven and one last year yeah do, so do you expect them to regress in or, talent like no. what what is your what is your thinking here that they end up behind Baltimore despite actually having a quarterback this year instead of whatever you want to call that hulking form of a broken massive man 
that was back there underhanding the ball last year. Yeah, no. So, so this is where it gets difficult because I do have them at, at about nine and eight and being a, a slightly above average team. That has nothing so, in my opinion. Hold, hold to, up, hold up. Just, just to clarify. So you think they're not going to win any more games than last year and they're actually going to lose the game they tied. So they're going to go from nine, seven and one with big Ben to nine and eight this year. Well, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I think talent wise, they definitely improve. The, the nine and eight record is more of a reflection of their division and the divisions they have to play this year, because as the AFC North, they have to play twice. They have to play twice Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. And that's a tough division. They, I could see them going three and three on those division games. Then you have to play uh, the AFC cool. East, which is tough. Mm-hmm. New England, uh, Buffalo, you potentially have to, like, depending on how the Jets play, depending on how Miami plays. Then you have to play the NFC South that has Tampa, that has New Orleans, who's kind of a wild card. Um, but then you have two kind of cupcake games with the with the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, then you play teams like the Colts, who we expect to be pretty good. You play the Eagles, who I expect to be really good. You play the Raiders, who I expect to be really good. I just think it's more of a testament to the toughness of their schedule than the talent on their team. That's why I think that they're going to be a nine and eight team because they you just have, have them a, behind the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, because I think that they have a better quarterback. I mean, Lamar, I don't like Lamar, but Lamar's a better quarterback and person to be running a team than than Mitch. But they right they also they also were they were they were also positions. a seven they were also a seven to eight win team with a hurt Lamar and no secondary because Marlon Humphrey went down, Marcus Peters went down, their safeties went down. No they, running backs. They had no running backs, and they were a seven or eight win team. So I think them getting a healthy Lamar, getting a healthy secondary, adding in the guys that they did, Tyler Linderbaum, Kyle Hamilton, and some of the other guys that they got, I think they are just a better team than 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 Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has some holes. I, I their their line isn't as good. Uh, their O line, uh, that being their corners aren't. Because if you're saying are... their defensive line isn't as good, I'm about to. No, no, their question. defensive line is amazing, but their O line is is young. I like the trade of James Daniels. That was a huge trade for their line, but they're still a young line as a unit, and their secondary minus Minka Fitzpatrick is uh, okay. Levi Wallace is a good signing, but he's a number two, not a number one. So they're they're a solid team. And that's why I think they'll be nine and eight. It's a more of a testament to the strength of schedule because it's a gauntlet that they have uh, there in Pittsburgh and in the AFC North this year. So, I mean, I, I have to come uh, in a sense because I had Pittsburgh at number three as well. And I, I based it solely off the schedule. Not, not to say that Trubisky's worse or better than Big Ben or Old Ben. He's, Whatever he's you, way better than he's way better at, at, at this stage of what Ben was. But it also gets to my my next question, which is for you, Josh. TJ Watt had 22 and a half sacks last year. 
30 this year. So. Is he going to get is, – is, how great is he actually going to be this year with that – like with a better offense? Is he going to get better because they can rest more? He can actually – you know, they're not on the field as much as, you know, with with old Ben. Um, no, is I- he get, I think he's I think he's gonna be just as great. I think he may be greater. I don't know if the production, like I can't say, oh, he's gonna have more sacks than he did last year. Um it he might because he might have more chances to rush the passer. He might, you know, there there are things that come in with that. Um I think adding Tyson Alualu helps with the run defense some. Um, even like Miles Jack, he helps them diversify a little bit um so i i think i think it might even take some pressure off of tj watt but we have to remember you know if we go through 10 games and tj watt only has like eight sacks it's not necessarily that watt isn't playing well because we'd have to look at the tape because i'm i'm sure like there are going to be teams you would expect them to have been doing this some last year too but i can I guarantee there are going to be teams that are going to be like, you know what? If, if Larry Ogunjobi beats us, then fine, but we're not going to let it be TJ Watt. Right. Well, it's just like Aaron Donald. Exactly. It's, it's in the same sense. I'm not saying like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying TJ Watt is Aaron Donald or vice versa, but you're going to have to concentrate on that one player in the front line, which could be a double team, maybe even sometimes a triple bringing a tight end to get there. But what could happen is, yeah, Larry Ogajobi could have a great game because you're worried about what, and he's on the other end going, I got open open field. So Yeah, no, I think TJ Watt is one of those few players that make me want to watch defense. Yeah. Like, like I I like offense. Um, a lot of times I love watching wide receivers run routes. I love it. Like that, I could just watch film of guys running routes. When TJ Watt is on the field, I am watching him. There are a few players that I'm like that. You know, JJ was one of the first that I can remember really just being like, no, where is he? Yeah. Is, is he up on the top? Is he down on the bottom? Like, I'm watching JJ Watt. Yep. And it would just be my focus is on him. Aaron Donald, same way. TJ Watt, same way. Um, they are guys that are just marvelous, fantastic to watch. Um, and I think he's going to be just as great this year. There's no reason, you know, he's, he's not old. Um, like he's still, I hesitate to say ascending talent, but he's 27 years old. Yeah. Um, he, he could still be getting stronger, maybe not faster, but he's going to be getting smarter. And you know, that's a guy who works at his craft. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. So, Dylan, I got a question for you. Got to switch back over to offense. You know, Najee had a a pretty good season last year, you know, behind an aging quarterback and an aging O-line, needless, you know, in all honesty. The, the, The line got younger. The quarterback got younger. And, and needless to say, better. But it's year two. And, and as we all know, rookies, you know, our sophomore year players, some of them have step backs. 
Is Najee going to be one of those step backs? I don't think so. I think I think he'll take a step forward. The line, even though I did say that they're probably the weakness of the team, uh, it, it got better than what it was last year. There's not much way it could get worse. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it could have gotten worse, but it didn't. They they improved. The trade for James Daniels, I think, is, is going to be very, very helpful for them. Um, I think Najee, Najee last year, I mean, he had a lot of volume, but if you look at his efficiency, he wasn't very efficient as a runner. He had 3.7 yards of carry. He just wasn't finding a lot. I think he takes a, a bit of a step forward. I think he averages probably more like 4-1, 4-2, 4-3 uh, on a yards per carry. So he'll half a yard more, um, which is is helpful. Uh, but I think, I think he'll have a lot better year running because now – because last year, like what what they have to do, they said, okay, Big Ben's not throwing this ball more than six yards down the field. Let's throw ten people in the box, and he can't throw anywhere, and then Najee can't run anywhere. So now that you have Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett who can throw the football, then you have to, as a defense, you have to respect that a little bit because Mitch can throw the deep ball, Kenny can throw the deep ball, and so you have to respect that a little bit because then you have guys who have speed. Uh, and who are big bodies that can go down the field to George Pickens, who they drafted in the second round to chase Claypool, even Deontay Johnson. And so you have to respect the pass, especially the deep ball now. And I think that's going to open up Najee to run a little bit more this year. So I think he'll have a, a st- uh, he'll have a better, a better year. Uh, he'll have a better year this year than, than he did last year in terms of efficiency numbers wise, it might be relatively similar because he had just a, a crazy amount of volume. Uh, maybe if he stays with the volume, which I don't see him being as as relied upon, because that's just, uh, he just touched the ball a ton last year. I just don't see him having that same amount of volume. Uh, but his efficiency will definitely go up, in my opinion, and he'll be a better back because of what they did last year. Because last year he had almost 400 touches, uh, which is a lot. Uh, he actually averaged 3.9 yards per carry, uh, but he aver- he almost had 400 touches last year. So I, I don't see him having 400 touches this year, but I think he'll be more efficient. Okay. I mean, like my, yeah, like we were saying, like you said, you know, a younger quarterback, a better quarterback right now. You know, even if he gets 4.3, you still got Pat Firemuth who can kind of push that, you know, push that line too. Um, all right. So we'll switch over to Baltimore. Josh, I got a question for you. Yeah. Lamar is handling his own contract. Does Baltimore need to be, I mean, he changed his, his, his page on Twitter. Says I need money on a grill. Do you need to pay Lamar? And if so, is he the highest paid quarterback money? Or is he in that range of, let's say, Dak Prescott? Where do you see that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't know what exactly to expect. I think it's difficult. Um, You know, Lamar's hard to project because, in a sense, like, I, I don't know where I stand on him of top quarterbacks. Um, I know if I'm picking a quarterback, I'm not picking him super high. Um, but 
Like, he is their offense. And so, okay, is he a great thrower of the football? No. Like, he's not. You know, he'll, he'll make a beautiful pass, and then he'll throw it in a different zip code. And there's just not the consistency that you want from a quarterback. You know, he just can't throw the ball consistently. But, man, he can run. And, and he can do it like, gosh, yeah, I remember last year watching a game, and I have Mark Andrews in fantasy. You guys know that. And he missed him for, like, two touchdowns. And I'm just like, bro, you suck. And then I think he ran for a touchdown. And I was just really, really upset with him then. I'm like, you can't hit my wide open tight end twice, and then you just ran for it. But at the end of the day, he still scored a touchdown for the Ravens, and so they're happy. Um, You look at their offense, and, okay, yeah, Tyler Huntley came in and played really well for them. But, like, you can't take any quarterback and replace Lamar without having to revamp your entire offense. Um, right now, you don't need top-tier pass catchers because they're probably not going to be able to catch the passes he's throwing anyway. Um, but <laughs> Unless you got Megatron out there. Yeah. No, you need, you need like, yeah, seven-foot, you know, Taco Fall. Um, maybe he can reach them. <laughs> but <laughs> but I still think they should pay him, and I would say somewhere in the Deshaun Watson category. To me, you cannot make him the highest-paid quarterback. You can't. Um, he's not Rodgers. He's not Mahomes, and he's not going to do that for you. But at the same time, like I, I would say like he won an MVP. He's put up MVP-caliber numbers. So I'd say somewhere in the Deshaun Watson category. Um, I don't know if he'll get all of the um, – if he'll get all of the guarantees that Deshaun got, but that would be somewhere in, like, the range that I would say, Deshaun Watson-type money. Okay. Well, I know you said he doesn't really throw the greatest. I mean, he – his receiving core – I mean, Marquise Brown was, was his top – I mean, Mark Andrews is – you don't always want your tight end to be your top tier receiver. It's not to say that yeah, Mark Andrews okay, isn't a great tight end. Don't get me wrong. I, I think part of the issue here, Ty, is like, why did Najee Harris catch so many balls last year? Was it because he was Big Ben's best receiver? Or was, was it, it because he was the receiver that Big Ben could get the ball to? Okay. Has, has it been like, I mean, granted, Mark Andrews, I think he's a top, maybe top three tight end, um, at least top four. Um, Kyle Pitts could push him in like that five range, but you've got Kelsey, you've got Waller, you've got Andrews, you've got Kittle, you've got Pitts. Um, so top tight end, but is it so much that some of the wide receivers they've had have been trash? I know Chris would say so. Or has it been that they're not putting up the stats because Lamar can't get them the ball, but the tight ends tend to be closer to the line of scrimmage, closer to the quarterback. Maybe he can hit them where he can't throw to the sidelines with the same amount of accuracy. Okay. Well, but I'll say, I mean, continue. I just had to interject that. That's right. No, no, I had a feeling you would, um, especially since, you know, you, we just had this. Yeah. So they had a draft pick last year in Rashad Bateman. Hmm. He missed most of the preseason, first five games of regular season. 
he came in the last 12, but it didn't seem like him and Lamar were clicking. And I don't know if that's because Lamar couldn't get him the ball, as you say, or it's just a matter of not being able to, as a rookie, get to the get through the program correctly before the season started. Is Bateman worth the hype, Dylan? I love Rashad Bateman. I loved him as a prospect. I was disappointed that he got drafted by Baltimore because I think he was he's going to be wasted in a way. Like, he's just not going to be utilized as well as he could. Um, but I think he'll be a solid receiver for them. Uh, I think a lot of his struggles last year had to be that he was rehabbing and missed training camp, missed a lot of that time, and and had to get thrown in during the regular – halfway through the regular season – or close to halfway through the regular season. I think he'll be better this year. Uh, I think other than Mark Andrews, who's he throwing the ball to? Devin Duvernay? Like, I mean, like uh, James Prochet. Like, like, they don't really have a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. So, I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if Rashad Bateman ends up with a – if he's healthy all 17 games, like 140 targets, 150 targets, like – He's just gonna he's just gonna have a ton of targets um, because there's just no one else to throw the football to. I do think that they should sign somebody to give at least a second or a third option. Really, I mean, you got guys on the free agent wire that are still they still have something to give. I mean, depending on what you think. Yeah, but OBJ, but he's gonna miss some of the. He's gonna at least miss probably close to half the year. You've got uh julio jones but he's injured all the time yeah uh you've got you've got guys who can contribute but what are you going to get so it'd just be good to have an actual another nfl wide receiver in the room and a guy who's a who's actually a A solid number two yeah so i think rashad i like rashad i think he'll be a good player uh and he'll be a good option i think he fits better for that team because he's a bigger body he's three or four inches taller than Hollywood Brown. He's more, I think he's, he's not as fast, but he's more, he's a, he's an athlete. He's fast. And he's a, he's just a really savvy route runner. He's got speed. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a really good addition for that team. He, he will do better than I think Hollywood Brown did. Cause in the three years Hollywood Brown was there, he only had 1000 yard receiver in a year. And that was this year. And he barely got it. Yeah. So you you said health and, and, (laughs) If you're a football fan at all, you knew that the Ravens um, were probably the most injured team in last season. Um, so, Josh, we talked about this before because you asked me what, how my question was. It was worried weird on our on our schedule here. But last year, their team was depletedly injured. They went through they, – they were signing running backs left and right just because they couldn't stay healthy. Bateman was out for, you know, they didn't have receivers. They had horrible defensive setups. Like their half their defense was gone. Now you've got like Lamar's not a training camp because he's wanting money. They're almost in the same kind of a setup from last year to this year because of the fact that they can't meld themselves together. They can't all be on the field yet. Is this hurting them? Is this why you had them at three? Um, I mean, I think I had him at three for a couple of reasons. I think there is a lot of uncertainty about the quarterback, and that's never a great place to be. Um, 
but also like I like two and three on mine were close. Yeah. But I look and I see what Mike Tomlin did. And I feel like Pittsburgh teams tend to exceed expectations. And now you went from terrible quarterbacking in Big Ben to hopefully competent quarterback play, maybe above average quarterback play. Like I'm a big Mitch fan. Um, And I think, you know, if Kenny Pickett somehow ends up starting, it's because he outplayed Mitch. And to me, that makes it even better. Here, I look and I say, okay, Lamar was hurt a lot last season, but Tyler Huntley played really well. Um, and so, like, I don't feel like the drop-off from Lamar to Huntley was very large. So that injury didn't really matter. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I really like, but otherwise um, – their, their running backs still played well. I know they have Mike Davis, and Mike Davis is a great running back, um, great second stringer, um, if I remember correctly. But, right, right, Dylan? That means um, he's going to be a star. Yeah, he, he could be a star. He was a second stringer. Um, but then you look, I do think bringing in rookies like Linderbaum and um, Kyle Hamilton, that's great. David Ajabo on defense. Like, I think the Ravens are going to be really good. I do wonder some how much, like, your center being a rookie, um, that that hurts not having your quarterback. But I just – I think they, they do need to show that they're healthy and that they can come out and play together. And until everybody's on the field, I think it's hard to prove that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I can see that. Um, all right. So we are going to go to the losing, well, the defending AFC champions. Let's say it that way. Let's give them that. Um, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, another thing that came out this week is the Madden ratings. Dylan, did, did Jamar get snubbed? by Madden and if you think he didn't or you think he did will he be as good now that they have the blueprint for him um I mean I think he's a top easily a top 10 receiver in the NFL uh I I hesitate to put him in the top three to five off of like one season uh but I mean, if you're talking fantasy, dude's a top three to five receiver. But if we're talking about actual NFL receivers, I think he's more of a top 10, at least at the moment. Uh, he could change my mind easily. But I think he should have been in the top 10 in, in terms of Madden rankings. Um, but, I mean, it's Madden. He, the, the, it's not like the the ratings are set in stone. He can upgrade. He can, uh, he can be better. But I think um, – defenses are definitely going to maybe focus their attention a little bit more on him, but it's not like they have snubs on the other side of them. Like say T Higgins, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And uh, you have Joe Mixon in the backfield. So they can do so much and they can say, well, Jamar's not going to beat us, but then you have T and all that. So maybe, but I mean, it's Jamar when, if he, if he's really a top five receiver in the NFL, the double coverage that they're going to send his way or the, the defenses they're going to shift, um, then 
he should be able to beat it a little bit. So we'll see. I think he's a top 10 receiver. Probably should have been that in Madden, but he's a second year guy. So it's really hard for them to, I don't think they want to reward someone so quickly that they're more gradual in their ratings than they are like, Oh, someone had a really good year. Let's bump them up to number two. Like Jonathan Taylor was a, was the fourth ranked running back. I disagree with that wholeheartedly in, in Madden, but like they weren't just going to shoot him up after this year. So right. that's, that's kind of how I see it. Okay. Well, Josh Burroughs got a better O-line coming up this year. Is he going to be better because he could stay upright a little bit more? Oh, I think so. Um, I think like Burrow could have a great year this year. His, his O-line's better than they were last year. Last year, they were not very good. I think bringing in Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins, if he can stay healthy, those are great moves. Strengthening that O-line, they lost their tight end, but they brought in Hayden Hurst and they have Drew Sample. So those are still good tight ends. Um, both Hurst and Sample are, are decent receivers as well. And then you've got Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. If those guys stay healthy, I mean, dude's got Burrow has weapons all over. Mixon, Pirine, Chris Evans is a good running back as well. So he's got running backs still, a better offensive line. I think the defense might be a little bit better this year, too. Um, and so that takes off a little bit of the pressure, also. And then as long as Burrow can keep that kind of underdog mentality, because Burrow reminds me of a way, way better Baker Mayfield where the dude thrives with the chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, and so I think as long as that's there mentally, um, like last year was his first full season as a starter. Um, I think it's easy to forget that he missed most of his first year because of a torn ACL. Then he came back last year and got murdered by defensive lines and, and still, still kept going. Yeah. Like the fact that his – his recovering from a torn ACL did not cause him to be skittish or panicked in the pocket is a huge credit to him. But then you look and see how well he did. And now he's got a better line and a second year with a lot of these weapons, man, like I think he could have a great year. Yeah, I can see it. All right. I'm going to ask you both this last question. Was Cincy just right time, right moment? Or do you need to actually start believing the hype? I think we would both say that you have to believe the hype. I mean, we, we all three have him as the number one team in the division this year. Um, I think they were they they so as at the O line, I think they did get a lot better defensively. I don't see a lot that they did to get better, but they didn't really get worse. They added Dax Hill, which I think was a great pick in the first round. Uh, he's a movable piece in the secondary. But other than that, they didn't really add a whole lot that makes me, like, super excited. But they have a solid defense, uh, and then they have an elite offense. And that's what you need to win in the NFL. You don't have to have a top 10 or 5 defense to win. You need a top 5 or 10 offense and a top 17 defense. And I think that's what they have. And if you can get better production from your defense, great. If not, they just need to be a, a league average, and, and you're good. And so I think that's what you're going to get from them. They're a solid team. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to take a, is going to ascend a little bit more, like Josh said. I think they're just going to be a, a really good team. And Cincinnati's no longer going to be a laughing stock, I don't think, of the NFL. No, I think one or two injuries, and Cincinnati There's... could be third in the division. Like, it's a strong division. 
as you guys said, the the division, the schedule for the FC North is not easy with some of the teams they're playing. Um, I can see Cincinnati struggling with a few key injuries, but barring injuries, I don't see why they won't re, you know, why they won't win the division, why they won't mes- necessarily make some noise in the playoffs. I still think the Bills should be favored. Um, depending on how things shake out in the season, the Chiefs could be better than them. Like it takes luck to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, gosh, I thought the Packers were a better team last year than the Rams, but the Rams won. Like, it takes luck. But it's not like Cincinnati didn't belong there. You look at their roster, you look at their team, man, like, they they belong there. They were um, a deep, they well, were a, they'll be there again. They were a half-second O-lineman stopping Aaron Donald from a touchdown to win the Super Bowl to Jamar Chase streaking open uh, down the sideline. If, if their line was, if they had this line last year, they win the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like it's, it's that simple. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but like Josh, there's a lot of, yeah, they're they're better than the 2007 Super Bowl champions, which was the New York giants, you know, eight and eight. So, well, we're going to wrap this up. I was 13 at the time. Ouch. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap this up we didn't even really get into this with this division i mean the the coaches we talked about them a little bit but the coaches in this division are all stellar um in their own right uh mike tomlin guys come on mike tomlin buddy john harbaugh i mean zach taylor's up and coming kevin stefanski has proven that he can play he can coach a team it just needs the right tools for it um, Tomlin's never had a losing season. I know. Uh, oh, look, he like I said, he I'm not. I'm, I, I, I'm not saying he's not. I, I, I'm not. Like I said, we didn't get into it. But if we miss something, you don't like something we said, by all means, comment, tell us, let us know. We always like hearing about it. We always, it, you know, if we see it, we'll probably talk back to you. So next week, uh, I don't know which way we're going. I forgot to see. Dylan, can you tell me who we're going with next week? I go NFC South. And if, ooh, I guess I can't miss next week. Um, I just get to hear how bad y'all are going to talk about my Falcons. Yay! So, Trust me, you might want to miss next week. Yeah, I may want to miss <laughs> next week. So, all right. On that note, we are out. We'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.